It's really crazy how in a world that has had color TV for 54 years, so many TV shows and movies are still so black and white. And I'm no longer talking about the shades on the screen. I'm talking about the lack of diversity in those on screen. Today's episode is going to look specifically at the reality TV show Big Brother and what it's like to be a black person and a visible minority on that show. Lee Ban Osman is going to introduce us to a former player from the show, and they'll talk about fan perspective and the first-hand experience of being a minority on the show. This is Same Difference. of Big Brother Canada have in common? Simple. They're all white. Out of seven seasons, only one winner wasn't. You see, I used to dream that would be me. I imagined it. I obsessed about it. Hoped one day that I would get on the show and Arissa Cox, the host, would say, the winner of Big Brother Canada, Lee Ben Osman. But after the last couple of seasons of Big Brother... To be honest with you, I lost hope. I lost hope in that dream becoming a reality. Not one winner has been black through 29 seasons of the North American version of Big Brother. Not one person has looked like me. Not one person has been worthy enough to be crowned champion. Big Brother is basically a reality television show that takes about 16 people from across the country. They throw them into this house with total strangers, all to try to compete for a grand prize and the title of winner Big Brother. These contestants are cut off from the outside world. They don't have access to the internet, no phone service. They can't even call the family. The only communication that gets inside the house is from Big Brother. The show is even based off George Orwell's book, 1984, where house guests are watched 24-7 by surveillance while playing the game. And every week, they compete in challenges that determine who controls power in the house that week. And when you look at it, there's two sets of powers, the head of household and the power of veto. The head of household, also known as the HOH, has the duty of nominating two people for eviction that week. Those two people then compete in the power of veto competition to try and take themselves off the block. If successful, they take themselves off the block. If not, the two people remaining on the block are then voted off by the house guests in a house vote. The experience lasts about three months, a social strategy game where players strategize, manipulate, create alliances, all to try and become crowned winner of Big Brother. Now you kind of understand why I'm obsessed with the show. It's such a unique experience, all about manipulation, strategy, seeing how far and what people are willing to do to be crowned a winner. Historically speaking, though, there's only been four winners that are people of color. A Persian woman in Canada, a Latino man, a Korean woman, and a biracial Filipino in the States. It took six seasons for a person of color in Canada to win Big Brother Canada. There's been times where I thought about going to the audition taping, but I thought to myself, why? Why put myself in a position like that if I'm set up to fail? If my chances are so slim, why? 
This story will look at what it's like to be black on reality television, specifically looking at Big Brother. You'll hear me speak to black fans of the show, what got them into it, their thoughts on the recent seasons, and what the show can do to solve the representation issue. I'll be joined by former Big Brother contestant, Andrew Miller, who appeared on Big Brother Canada 6. He'll talk about his experience as a black man on the show. Arissa Cox, the host of Big Brother, the person I dreamed of announcing my name, will be on the show. She'll talk to me about her new role as an executive producer of the show and what the show is doing to address concerns raised by fans when it comes to diversity in the casting process. started watching recently another that's been a long time fan welcome to the show Bunty and ivan how y'all doing i'm good i'm good i'm good thanks for having us on yeah yeah Bunty, me and you have recently talked um you recently started watching the show can you tell me how you got into big brother uh well i was actually at uh, ivan's house and uh he he's been telling me not just him but I've always seen you on Twitter tweeting about the show, but um, recently I was in, I was in, I was at Ivan's house and he told me to watch uh, one of the older seasons with him. Like he put on like uh, the first few episodes, and he he told me just give it a chance. And it was actually what season was it? It was season twenty, I think. Yeah, he put on season twenty, and he watched the first few episodes together, and then I actually after that. I binged the whole season, and I've I watched also season twenty one after, and then I recently caught up to the new season, season twenty two All Stars, and I've been a fan of the show ever since. Ivan, you've been a long time fan. Can you tell me when you started watching and like how you got into the show? Uh, I think I started watching it has to be like Big Brother, like eleven or. Or twelve, like it was, it was really early, like the scenes with like Brandon and Rachel very early on, and it was just it was it became a family thing like very quickly because I I don't know why we were just like just Sunday we we're just at Global on, and then my sister and I just started watching it, and then quickly my little brother started watching it, and since then it's it's literally just a staple of my family. Like new season comes in, we watch Big Brother. Yeah, I was going to ask you just what were your first impressions just watching it um, as a family? I'm guessing it was like a turned into a tradition every year, like you mentioned. Can you talk to me about what were your first impressions of the show and just the whole concept of it? What, what did you enjoy most? Was it the strategy, the relationships that people were building, or just the manipulation that was also happening in, in a game show like this? I think the, probably the biggest thing was just the the whole social experiment aspect of it because you had people coming into a house where you're you're locked up from the outside world and you don't get your phone, you don't get anything. You just get these personal relationships with people you've never met in your life and you're, you have to trust them to get yourself to the game. But at the same time, you know also the 
bash you and then they go into, into the DR room and they bash you and it's like it just shows you like how much mental abilities you need to play this game because honestly as you as you as like you see every season after the first few weeks people start going insane because this is in a sense like it's a social experiment nobody in their real life gets tracked 24 7 and everything you do is just look through a camera like it doesn't doesn't happen in real life so it's it's insane to put real people into this type of situation i was gonna ask you guys being two black people that watch the show there hasn't been a black winner in a normal season just in terms of um, either Big Brother US or the Canadian version. There's been Tamar Baxton who won the celebrity version, but that was like two weeks. Um, it seems like a lot of reality shows and a lot of publications are like trying to diversify. Either they're casting, they're hiring. What are your thoughts on on Big Brothers? Uh, I, I want to talk to you, Ivan, being a, a longtime fan of the show. What have you seen constantly in terms of just the casting or just um, how how either black people are on the show and, and the, the type of people they cast? Yeah, that, that's the thing about Big Brother. Like, even if they do cast black people, it's, like the people they cast don't go far into the game because it has to, it, sometimes it just comes out to they're not really like great game players. Like, you, sometimes you get the black person that's just too overly hyped and then amazing at competitions, but zero interpersonal skills. You have somebody that has amazing interpersonal skills, but also like competition. And then you have floaters. Like it's just, you don't get that, that gene, that genius, like that guy that really could get through the game. And I'm not sure why that company happens every season, but on top of that, like obviously every, the Big Brother show is like, it's, very, it's predicated on, on a lot of show matches. And it's always funny, like when they have the, the, the black people that come on the show, it's usually a guy and a girl and everybody expects them to become a showman just because they're both black and you do see that it becomes like on the show like automatically like these two black people might not know each other but then they become they become at least they don't necessarily have to become a couple but they do become a union because it kind of feels like it's sometimes it's dumb versus the world and it's as tough to watch that constantly every season it's always the same thing and once it becomes dumb versus the world they always lose they will always lose because they're the minority in that in that show so yeah, it's tough to watch that every season. It's always, it's always the same thing. It's really, yeah, I've never changed. Yeah, Blinzy, I was going to ask you, uh, someone that started watching the show more recently, I'm not sure if you're aware of all the stuff that, that past seasons have, have occurred in terms of casting, but um, for you, what, what's it been like um, watching um, the show, and have you noticed any of this stuff? It's a lot of the black, like, black people that they casted, they never really have a chance, because once... Um, like uh, the first few days of the of, uh, uh, after it starts, like you have, you always have the main alliance, and the main alliance, like you don't like from what I've seen so far, the, the in a few seasons, like the black people, like they're never in the main alliance, like they're always a part of the group that's getting picked up. Cause just having uh, one or two black people in the on the cast, like like for example, like everyone going in the house. You befriend, you befriend people that are similar to you. So if there's mostly white people and like one black person, then the main alliance will always mostly be with uh, the white people. It like it, it's not like a, it's not like I'm not saying it's like uh, them being racist. I'm just saying 
Like, that's just how it is. Like, from what I've seen from the season so far. Yeah. Yeah, because you always have... The, the, the biggest problem is also is like the small amount of black people that you... From that, from that amount of black people, then the odds that you have, like, the perfect player to win this game is very small because your pool is already very small. If you brought in the pool, then you'll get your swag, you see, you'll get your David, but then you might get, like, a Derek who's, who's, who was white, but you get the black version of Derek, just a genius. But the, the pool's already too small, so you're already on the back foot. What would you guys do if, say, you're the producer of a show kind of like this, um, you see issues, people raising it, Twitter, calling people out, um, calling the show out specifically on their diversity issue. If you guys had a chance to cast a season like this, um, how would you cast it? What would be your steps? And, like, how would you approach um, the the critique that they've received, especially the U.S. season? The U.S. season gets, gets it like no other. Canada, much less, but they're still there. W- how would you address casting for an upcoming season after hearing so much complaints, especially after um, the untimely death of George Floyd? How would you approach casting for a show like this? I would say, um, especially for the casting of the USC, I, I would approach as and I have to do a way better job in the casting interviews because to get cast into Big Brother, you're going through rounds and rounds and rounds. Like it's, it's definitely not easy, so I don't understand how you still miss these microaggress- microaggressions or implicit bias. And I think you, you either have to implement the program or whatever that you to be able to find those or you or you just have a diversity of people interviewing these guests because I'm not sure who's interviewing the who's interviewing the the castmates that go on Big Brother USA but I'm sure if you're able to have them get interviewed by diversity of like a panel that is very diverse then you kind of get to see how they interact with different races different people uh, different BIPOC people on the spectrum like you need to be I think you don't want to be reactionary and just you have them on the show now you're now you're on the back but now you're trying to fix all these issues you do the work before they even get on the show because i would have a more thorough a thorough um uh process when i interview these guys like i said a more diverse um panel that interviews them and i'd also try to try to make sure they give up getting like when, when i'm casting black people out first of all I would obviously upgrade the number of black people that are on that show but that the pool needs to be much much bigger and the, and you want a diversity of black people on that show you don't want like the monolith of black people so you want a diversity of black people you want a bigger pool and you want to also just have a more robust interviewing system appreciate y'all so much for coming and bringing your insight um you guys have really great perspectives on on the show and, and interesting like ideas that I feel like casting should consider the show should consider. So I appreciate y'all for bringing your insight and uh, your, your expertise. Appreciate y'all. No problem. No worries. Thanks for having us on. You know, yeah, I'm a big guy. What's well, you know? It's about time they put a big brother on Big Brother. So I'm trying to make big moves and do it real big. You know what I mean? My name is Andrew Miller. I'm 36 years old from Toronto, Canada. I'm joined by former Big Brother Canada contestant from season six. Some people call him Big Brother Drew, Andrew Miller. How you doing, brother? Sir, thank 
you for having me on this wonderful podcast. Uh, I'm doing all right, man. COVID times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you got to stay busy. You got to stay working. But, you know, hey, we out here, man. Yeah. For people listening, uh, let me give them a little background on you. You were a contestant on season six of Big Brother Canada. You lasted, I want to believe, 13 days. Is that correct? I would, I would say 16, but hey, it's fine. <laughs> you know, second group, two yeah. weeks in the game. You know, it's all right. Yeah, um, I was going to say, too, a lot of people, I want to get your thoughts on this take. A lot of people say Big Brother is a microcosm of life. What are your thoughts on that, and do you see it that way? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, before, I, 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 it didn't really stand out. But I guess after being in there and seeing it, yeah, there's definitely a lot of comparisons to be made of how society interacts within uh, the game of Big Brother. Uh, you know, a lot of people come into the house with uh, implicit biases or, you know, have microaggressions and have things that, you know, they just didn't realize that they brought in with them. Everyone brings baggage, I guess, wherever they go. And not everyone realizes that, you know, sometimes people feel more comfortable around people that look like them. Or sometimes people don't understand a certain slang or terminology and, you know, that might be off-putting or even energy, you know what I mean? Uh, for example, like, Will uh, came all the way from, from Newfoundland. And understanding Will took some time to understand his way of speaking. Uh, or even like uh, certain people, you know, Ryan, my buddy Ryan uh, from Calgary, uh, even understanding some of his experiences, how he was brought up, very different than how I was brought up. So those sort of things are definitely kind of uh, stand out when you're, you know, the one black guy or, or, or the one person that represents your community. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, comparison there of like how people are treated, how you treat people, how you feel comfortable with people. You know, so yeah, I definitely think there is, there is sort of a, a microcosm of life. You talked about um, being a black man on the show. You were, at the beginning, you were the first, um, the only black person on the on the cast until Marin came um, about a week afterwards. Can you talk about what was it like being in a house with people that really you're a Scarborough guy. They can't really relate to your life experience. What was that, that like trying to get to know these people and then also realizing, Hey, a lot of these people, like you mentioned, Will, um, who's on the season is from, uh, Newfoundland, uh, Ryan from Calgary, like getting to know these people from all walks of different life across Canada, but they don't know what it's like to grow up in Scarborough. Yeah. You know, I feel like sometimes you gotta like, um, look at the, um, people that are products of their environment. You know, Ryan, uh, I can speak to Ryan's story. Uh, you know, Ryan didn't have many black people around him. You know, the black people that he saw or interacted with were people that, you know, were playing football or in the CFL. So in terms of like his, uh, you know, assimilation or conversations, he, he was always speaking sports and, and, and stuff like that to them. You know, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't have any black friends, uh, you're probably not going to have start getting black friends when you're in a show like Big Brother. Unless you're forced or you allow yourself to be open to have conversations to get to know people. Uh, Ryan, I, I guess, and I, our, our friendship flourished after the show uh, because I felt like, you know, in the house, it's a different person or a different perspective that you get uh, while you're there. We were cool in the house, but like after the show, we were like super cool, you know what I mean? And there's even some people that I, I, I probably will never, you know, connect with them and that's fine because they just don't, uh, it's just, that might be my personality or, you know, personalities are going to mesh. I think that's one thing that happens. Like, you know, sometimes it's a personality thing and sometimes it might be something a little deeper. But either way, it's like people pick who they want to pick and people connect with who they want to connect with, you know. Uh, I will also note that even Erica, Erica's from Toronto, or from Pickering, technically. Uh, you know, I had a, I felt like I was I had an opportunity to be close with her 
but that quickly changed uh, once she found comfort with people that looked more like her. You know, I think that's the thing. Like, we, we, we kind of uh, essentially fall back on what works or what's going to get us further in, in the game, and that's similar to what works with life. You know, people are in a, a position of privilege or opportunity. Uh, let's stick together and keep those that aren't repressed and get them out of here. Just like, you know, society the way, like, you play the numbers game. If there's more people on my side over here versus this small group of people over here that are struggling, it would make more sense for me to align with the people with bigger numbers and then pretend like everything is, uh, you know, fine over here when it's not. So it's one of those things with like, uh, and hopefully you, these things change uh, with the new season of Big Brother as well. So a lot of things that, you know, I think Arissa and a lot of the executive producers have seen uh, and even viewers have seen. You know, you're a big fan. I'm sure you've seen a lot of the conversations that happen on Twitter around the live feeds, and, and these are things that don't actually go into the episode. So, uh, for people to see the injustices and say and say nothing, uh, we're not really doing anything to help. So, I think reality TV is definitely in a state of flux where they're no longer looking to have the one uh, person of representation or one token representation. They're actually trying to, you know, have a, a full diverse cast of people with various backgrounds and various points of views. So hopefully that'll, that'll make for a better overall program and, and give opportunities to people that have been uh, disenchanted before. For, for you, um, a former contestant, what can Big Brother do for you to be satisfied or just address the implicit biases that exist in these shows and just for you to watch the show and be content with um, how BIPOC people are treated and just um, the chances that they have when it comes to a game like this? What can they do for you? It's not just representation in front of the camera. Yeah, of course, you can cast more black people, you can cast more Asians or more Aboriginal or you know, indigenous people, and it's fine, you know what I mean? But I think realistically, we need to have more people behind the scenes that are editing the content, that are picking out what the narrative means, that are producing the show, that we have more you know, context for people to understand. It's not just fluff. There's actually a little bit of substance mixed in with it, too. So I, I know that you know some people are tired of us talking about racism. Imagine how tired we are experiencing it. You know what I mean? How tired we are seeing our people get get drilled, get killed, and get get isolated. Everything that you're saying resonates with me too. Um, as someone that's wanted to get on the show, we've talked about this before, me and you, uh, off off camera. But um, it's kind of like pushed me away. I'm interested still, but uh, let's see what happens this season, and then it's maybe- tough, man. Like. I also want to, you know, I also want to encourage people, and I always, I always bump into people and like, you know, I want to be on the show too. I want to do this, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just want to tell everyone there is more to life than reality TV. There is more to life than being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. There are many wonderful things you can do that can impact your community, that can create change, that you can inspire by doing things other than just being on reality TV. Yeah, it's cool to be on TV. You know, I have a couple cool gifts and memes, whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, guys, like. That's very, that's very small. You know, let's try to do, I think we need more, more leaders in our communities. We need more politicians, we need more doctors, we need more, you know, I hate to say it, we need more black police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we have more black police officers, uh, my, my boy, uh, Devontae Miller, probably wouldn't have gotten lost his eyeball. You know what I mean? Like, we need more, more representation throughout all streams of our lives. So hopefully, uh, that, that you know, that stuff resonates. Yep. Thank you so much, Andrew. You spoke so beautifully, so eloquently, and I can't thank you enough for hopping on this and giving us your time. Appreciate you so much. Hey, man, you know I appreciate you, brother, and what you're trying to do in the community and the 
stories that you're telling. So just keep telling those stories, man. You know, people need people need to read them. People need to see them. And it's not just like you know. And hopefully, it's not just people of color that are writing these stories. You know, what I mean, I don't want to see more people, more allies outside of our community. You know, planting seeds and trying to create change uh, in their own. You know, so we'll see what happens, man. But I'm hopeful. Canada? And you know what? Maybe. Maybe exactly. season nine. Well, I will tell you right now, you wanted an exclusive. Our aim for BB Can 9 is a minimum of half the cast will be black, indigenous, or people of color. Minimum. Marissa, how you doing? Hi. How you doing? How's your good, day so good. far? Good, good. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, thank you so much Very for... Very nice to meet you by phone. Yeah, I was going to start by asking you, how did the conversations begin about becoming an executive producer and just like, how did that, that whole process come about for you? Well, I come from the world of journalism, so I have always been very used to being my own producer and writer. Um as well as, you know, booking interviews and doing interviews and, and, cu- and cutting stories and running stories, like all of that, I'm very used to. Um, so, in fact, this was more of the outlier in terms of my career, a place where I was uh, the host, but not all those other things. Um, so I think in some ways it was a really natural progression because I am an absolute diehard super fan expert on Big Brother Canada. Um, so I think I have a lot to bring to the table in terms of knowledge of our fan base, of super fans, of casuals, um, and also what the potential is of a show like Big Brother Canada. Um, and I'm also a person, and I see things uh, that sometimes other people don't see. So I think it was I think it was a progression, and kudos to our team Brother Canada who really have been at the vanguard. Of all of the coolest aspects of Big Brother uh, and what it could be. So it, it absolutely made sense. I don't know how much detail you can provide on this, but I was going to ask, like, how has casting gone so far without providing too much details? And just, like, how excited are you? Just There's, like, eight days left to apply. Um, like, how many people, I don't know how much people you can say apply, but, like, how, oh, how no, excited are the say... applicants so far? How, how, how thrilled are you? I think anytime you hear that um, the door is open for different kinds of people, I think it's going to have an impact, and it certainly has. It's be exciting to me. Uh, Big Brother Canada is about to enter season nine. Like, we have no business being so hyped for this season, but yeah. we are because <laughs> people are showing up um, to people who haven't before. Now, the challenge this year, of course, is because of uh, COVID-19, we don't have a lot of casting tours. That has changed things significantly, right? Where somebody who might not want to do a video would just show up with their friends to a casting call. This time, it's so important that we get this incredibly spicy, flavorful cast full of seasoning. So we need people to tell, uh, to spread the word for us and to share with people who aren't necessarily, you know, huge super fans or aren't necessarily, you know, Instagram influencers. We want all kinds of different people from different walks of life 
with different ethnicities and identities and sexualities, and even from, you know, smaller and bigger parts of the country and places we don't know. So I think that's always our goal. But because we're, we're, we've been able to so, um, so simply express it, I think that is making a huge impact. But we need, we need everyone, we need everyone to be on the same page with us and want to make this, you know, the best I remember when you hopped on uh, the Minority Minority Report. Uh, shout out to uh, Andrew mm. Miller, Hamza, yeah. and um, um, can can you talk about? Uh, you announced uh, there that uh, the goal to have at least half the cast featured BIPOC individuals. Um, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, uh, can, can you kind of give me a timetable when those discussions happened? Um, in terms of just like with uh, other executive producers and just like uh, with Big Brother. I'm guessing it was like you guys took time. You know, you guys were like, let's examine this and see what we can change. Um, and then no, you came of course. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that um, that push was over some time. Mm-hmm. So that was many, many conversations um, with all levels of people who are part of our show and network. Um, and that's, I mean, that was, it was one thing to be renewed. It was another thing to finally also become an EP. And then it was a third thing secure this intention because it really does take intention, right? It's so easy to say, you know, well, we just are working with what we've got. Well, yeah, but if we expand the possibilities of what we can do, you know, hopefully the cast and the viewers can meet us there too. Um, And so it's a matter of what has been not holding you back from what can be. So dropping that exclusive on the Minority Report summer, Andrew, Hamza, and Marin was one of the absolute highlights of my career. And that's no exaggeration. Um, being able to say what so many fans of reality TV have felt over the years, over many, many years, right? Reality TV, as we know, it's been around for about 20 years. Um, and I know because it was on a show, it got on a reality show, and it was an incredible experience. And I was also only the, you know, the only black person on the cast, mm-hmm. and black person in the thing, right? So um, this has felt like a huge step that you know, one day you won't have to say that. Mm-hmm. One day you won't have to say out loud and say this is what we're aiming for. Be explicit about it. Because it's just going to be the norm eventually, right? But um, I know as an EP and our show as a team, like, we really want to be leaders. And if we have in any way encouraged a movement elsewhere in reality TV, like this huge move by CBS, like, it's, it's amazing. It's everything we could have dreamed of. I was going to ask you, I know you're a humble person, but how much of a lead, like, shout out to um, um, survivor players such as, like, Jatia, Bryce, who have also um, yes, helped with the initiative yes. um, in terms of getting CBS to, to, to also uh, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But for you, like, um, how much of a lead do you feel like you played in changing, like, the landscape for, like, future reality television shows? Because I feel like a lot of people give you credit, rightfully so, because, like, when you tweeted that out, um, I think it was in August, so many people responded, and 
Um, I remember one quote in specific where you said something like, um, minorities should have remained minorities on reality television show. And like that resonated with me heavy. So I wanted to like get your thoughts on like, I know you're not, you, you don't want to take credit for all of this, but um, how, how much, how much <laughs> well, of a I can't, mean, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't take credit yeah. for everything. I just can't. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm so proud of the survivor community for all they did to push this forward. I'm so proud of the people within the Big Brother US community, which helped push this forward mm-hmm. um, as well. Your, your Davons and your Baileys. Mm-hmm. I think um, I'm then so incredibly thrilled by our team and, and our casting director and our other executive producers for really understanding what this all could mean and that it's only positive you know it's, it can only be positive um i am extremely proud to be part of that wave but if you're asking me to stand up and toot my own horn you know i'm canadian right <laughs> <laughs> i can't do that for you <laughs> um but i do know that um sometimes a nudge is required sometimes a big push is required at this moment that a push would be required. Mm-hmm. Um, these conversations that have been had uh, in industries since the summer about racial justice, um, this is one part of it, one layer of it, but it's been a many-layer cake, right, that we've been all eating this year. Um, so I think everyone has been finding ways in which they can improve the world. Everybody wants to take a step forward. Not everybody. Let me, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me just stop myself there. Not everybody uh, wants to improve things. But um, for me, there are so few um, black men and women in leadership positions in Canadian positions uh-huh. that I take this role seriously. You know, um, I take it seriously because we are creating the future that we want to see. So if I have worked so hard for this opportunity, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to sit back and say, well, we could do something, but that would be too scary. We could do, but I don't want to push that. I want to do as much as we can. And luckily, I have a really advanced team who get it. So uh, not everybody can say that, right? Some people feel like they're shouting into the wind when they want to see this bit change. But um, I have amazing people around me and, and also been inspired by so many people here in Canada who have those uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I am I'm inspired by Ika Wong yes. and Washington Grant. Yes. I'm inspired by um, Denise Ramkassoon and, or Balkassoon and, um, Imani and and all the people who have spoken up about what their experiences were like um, being a minority in Canadian media. So I think there's been an incredible fellowship that has developed over time. I mean, it was already there in some ways, but it's um, really sharpened this this summer and this fall. And everybody seems to be rooting for everybody else. And I don't mean just people within the black community or within um, the BIPOC community at large. I mean everyone. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. What do you say to people that have either like either lost hope a bit um, in like seeing how like because like sometimes you're like you don't see 
like you see like a Tamar Braxton who won, but not on a normal edition, right? But um, for for, for right, people right. that have lost hope on like seeing like um, themselves yeah. represented as a winner and be like, if I got on, like my chances are slim. What do you say to those people um, going into the season? Well, I think this is a new era. Mm-hmm. I think people are walking into 2021 with new eyes. Um, and, and as an aside, I almost mean like, you know, I'm black. Mm-hmm. I was black. I am black. I will be black. Some of these conversations and these thoughts have always been around. This is not new. Yeah. Um, but the fact that so many other people can understand why these big steps are made, like that excites me. And that is worth giving it a chance for. Um, I think reality television has a really unique ability and a responsibility to do more to show us what the world can be with existing people, with real people. Yeah. Um, so I think we have to take, we have to take our shot. Um, and I hope that as many people, um, I hope a lot of people are ready to come along with us on this ride. You said it beautifully, like, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful just after talking with you, I was hopeful when you announced it. Um, when I, when I heard you became an executive producer. So, um, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out your day and speak with me. I can't, I can't thank you enough. It's an honor. Like I said before, uh, this is like, it crossed off the bucket list, you know? So, um, yeah. No, that's so, it's so exciting. Like I'm, and I'm glad, like it was hard to explain to people who hadn't watched yeah. that Minority Report episode, like mm-hmm. how special that moment, because right, it was yeah. a moment. I it watched it. Moment. I was like, damn. And then seeing their faces too, when you announced it was like, coming that's what that's what made it so good that's what the joke i wasn't even like should i tell them i'm like nah i'll like wait for my moment and then he teed it up like i could not have planned it better i was like oh my god um which you know you look back and it's actually it's it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is Mm -hmm. in some ways you know yeah yeah. um the fact that it just means that we needed to make this change Mm -hmm. um probably a while ago um, and here we are, right now is the time when, you know, the door is open, mm-hmm. so the key is to step through with as many people as you can, so that going forward, you look back on this year and say, oh, okay, that was the year things changed. Yeah. Better, and that's exciting. Better now than, than ever, you know, so. Um, yeah. Thank, yeah. Thanks again. Uh, I yeah, what, what did I say? The, uh, the, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yes. <laughs> and I say, I say that to myself often. Like, you can't do everything all the time at once, but you can take a step. Liban Osman shining some serious light on on-screen racial and cultural diversity, or lack thereof. And huge thanks to our executive producer, Emily Morantz, associate producer, Manuela Vega, artwork by Ben Shelley, 
theme music composed by John Powers. I've been your host, Gracie Bryson. And last but not least, Amanda Capito deserves a huge shout out, a member of the cast of an upcoming reality TV show. But we can't tell you which one. And remember, fitting in is overrated.